Good morning. This is Gaming Perspectives with Saul and Jolene. And today we're talking about bringing your RPG character to life. Now, mostly this is for people who haven't played before, but also for you old guys out there that play all the time and have all kinds of ideas about how to bring your RPG character to life. Maybe we'll give you a different one. A different perspective. Or maybe. reinforce what you already do. Right. Well, you know, it's funny because, uh, you know, role-playing game, role-playing game has been around for a while. And I remember, you know, we've talked about people who say that role-playing Dungeons and Dragons, for example, the, the one of the first role-playing games, if not the first. Uh, remember what's his name said that, I forget what his name was, but said that Dungeons and Dragons wasn't a role-playing game. Now, I'm not here to debate that at all, but but what it does raise the It's the John question. Wick. Yes, you're right. It was John Wick. What it does do is kind of raises the question of, you know, what is role-playing and, and why does he say that? And so I remember a long time ago I was I was running the space opera game, going to different conventions and stuff. We came across this couple. She started playing with us for a little while, and she said that we didn't role-play. I'm like, whoa, what's that mean? And so she was basically saying that, we didn't really really get into our characters and talking characters voice so we didn't have characters that were different from us we were just kind of playing a facet of ourselves and i i thought that was kind of wrong at the time but you know now that it's been a long time since that happened i'm thinking she was, was probably right sorry <laughs> now i know <laughs> yeah you remember so i think it is difficult to not play yourself when you're role playing a game uh, actors when they get into a role, they always ask that that famous over-the-top question. Which that, is the first question you should always ask yourself when you're creating a character. Why am I doing this? Well, there's the other one. What is my motivation? Yes, that one. That one is like, you know, it's almost like a cliche and in, 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 in a joke in Hollywood and stuff like that. When, when you know, they come across this method actor that, that you know, what is my motivation? You know, and so I think in in role playing games there there is a little bit of that. What is your character all about? So there's two different theories, and these are just theories from people that I know. Um, one of them is you 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 decide what you want to be, and you roll up your character. Then you put all your stats where you want them because you know that's what you do. Oh, okay. Right? And then there's the other theory is is that you roll your stats first. And then you decide what you want to be. Right. And I didn't I didn't really think about that. But recently we played a game, uh, a Call of Cthulhu game with our friend Shannon. And he says, you always roll the stats first because it determines how, what kind of character you're going to create. It sort of dictates what what kind of character you're going to make. Because right. in what Call direction? of Cthulhu, some of them, I guess, you have to actually have certain stats to be certain things. No? Or you only get a certain amount of points to build stuff with. Right. That way. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So if you if you really want to be a professor or something and you have no intelligence or education, then it might be harder to be a professor. You won't be a very good one. Yes. <laughs> Which is, yeah, you're right. And I think it's weird that, not weird, but I think it's uh, it's telling that, that Shannon, when he rolls up a, at least a, most characters, and, 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 that, and he's really good about, role-playing uh character because like he doesn't play himself and you could tell that that's not what he's doing he usually gets a he gets a character or makes a character and it's like he's odd you know the character is odd not, not <laughs> he's not friend, odd <laughs> well he is a little odd but, <laughs> but really you know it's like 
he's not playing himself and i and i think he does a really good job at, at that and i think a lot of it has to do with when you especially if you randomly roll your characters characteristics or attributes if if, if that's the way it works that you roll these attributes and you and the dice dictate what the strengths and the weaknesses of this character is going to be and that dictates how you're going to play the character how you should play it or you know what kind of character is going to be cuz like you know my when i first we were we just lately just we're going to run this we're going to play in the coc game and cuz Jolene had never played in one and i was thinking i wanted to be a police detective I said, well, that'd be pretty good, you know, investigating skills. From his first role, he knew he wasn't going to be a police <laughs> Yeah, detective. so my first role was like a, the hideous, a hideous strength role, right, which was like really low, which caused me to be really small and have negatives for doing anything with combat. Physically, yeah. yeah. So right off the bat, I go, oh, and then my intelligence and my education were like really super high. So I go, oh, makes sense that he'd be a professor. Yeah, and there you go. And and so you know the, the the characteristics, the attributes, dictated what the character was going to be, and I thought that was pretty cool. Now, when you're first playing role playing games, um, when you're first role playing in role playing games, that's a lot harder to do. Just let the dice dictate what your personality is going to be. But when you've been doing it as long as Saul has, I don't know that I I don't know how far. Each of us can stray away from ourselves play when we were role-playing, right. but you can always give it different flavors or ideas that you have. So you have an idea that you're going to play a professor or a journalist, and in your mind's eye, you've either seen something on TV or you've, you, you're either like going to be Angela Lansbury, right, or you're going to be uh, – Magnum PI, you know, different kinds of, if you're going to be a private investigator, <laughs> oh, if you're going to be a cop, you're either going to be Danny Reagan, or you're going to be, you know, somebody Serpico. else. <laughs> yeah, or, or Columbo, right? Oh, so you got yeah. different, you have these life ideas or book ideas or TV ideas or movie ideas inside your head about how certain people act and react. And you don't only have to look there, you can just, you know... Your uncle spits every time he talks or every time he says a, the eight, an H, he says it funny or something. You know, there's different kinds of things that people do that you can take and make your own to change the character around. So Saul has this idea that you should always give them their own voice, which to me is really hard because it, it, that means that you would have to do accents and stuff or just change the way you talk a little bit, which a lot of people are really, it's easy for. Some people can't do that. So you kind of have to just if you're with people, you can do mannerisms and things like that. Well, you say that most people, or well, some people can, I think everybody can do it, right? It's just that we're, you know, I think one of the first roadblocks to role-playing the character is losing those inhibitions that you've gained as an adult. Because when you were a kid, you know, I remember playing a kid, and I, I, you know, I didn't He I didn't still have, was a kid. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all I had were male friends, so we played cops and robbers and stuff like that. I never played tea time or stuff like that, but but children inherently role play all the time. They you know they they you know they play pretend is what they called it back then. But you know in adults, it's it's really a role playing aspect of of what we did when we were children. We have an inherent of a, in us to be able to do that. But as you grow older, you know the people tell you, oh that's silly. You shouldn't be a kid anymore. You shouldn't act silly, and and when you 
and that's one of my was one of my greatest inhibitions is I didn't want to look like a fool every time I went to a, a role playing game convention, right? I didn't I didn't play in character. I just talked in a normal voice. I, you know, and I, and I may have talked in the first person. I'm gonna go over there and do this, or I'm gonna go over there and do that. But I never usually usually used a character, a, a voice, or or do something strange like that. And I shouldn't say strange. It's just a way getting into character. So you're right. I think one of the easiest things to do is to do a voice. Now, I'm not asking you to be Patrick Stewart and do a Shakespearean accent. You know, just change your voice just a little bit. Either talk a little differently. You know, I remember, uh, I forget if, who was doing it, but they were talking in a stunted manner. And I was like, Man, this guy, I thought he had a speech impediment or, you know, that he had a difficulty talking. And it wasn't that. That's just the, the, the mannerism that he gave the character. And I thought it was brilliant because then when he started talking, I know when we took a break at a convention, oh, he talks normal. And then I was like, oh, that's his character that was talking that way. And I thought it was pretty neat. And and you could do little things, you know, like just lately we started a fifth edition game or a one shot, whatever you want to call it. And uh, one of our friends is playing a little kid. He's playing. No, he's a, not playing a little kid. Okay, he's playing. He's playing a halfling. Halfling who's pretending to be a little kid, who acts like a little, yes. or who he's playing a halfling. So he has uh, he's really creative anyway. But he has given it this spanky voice. His yes. name is spanky. spanky Hamilton. Yes. So Spanky Hamilton, I think he's young anyway. And he talks like a little kid. And he, so he talks like a little kid, right? And at first, I didn't know he could keep it up as long as he did because he kept it up the whole time. Although and the last time we played, he goes, he kept dropping out. My neighbor uh, is watch <laughs> is looking at me, so because he was sitting outside, right, or uh, in his patio. Yes, and he goes, uh, I I don't know how long I could I should do this because he's looking at me funny. Yeah, his neighbor could hear him talking in this strange voice, uh, and I thought that that is pretty funny. And my other brother, he was using a voice changer, right. <laughs> Which was but, driving us nuts the first time because we couldn't understand what he was saying. Well, the voice changer was one of those, you know, like the kidnappers use. And that's what and, it sounded like. In almost any kidnap movie, you know, it's that weird. Bring the money to. Right? It's that, <laughs> that weird vocal. And so so he was playing the gruffy dwarf, right? And I'm like, and the problem was is that it was making me laugh. Because one, it was, it was really hard. It was making everybody laugh. It was, it was very hard to understand. And second, you know, we're playing online, obviously. And the second one was it was making me laugh because it was hilarious because all I, all I kept thinking about was this kidnapper asking for a ransom. You know, don't involve the police. You know that thing. <laughs> but then when he took off the the yes. voice thing, he did Modulator. this. He did a very gruffy. Yeah, he just lowered his pitch and. And then he talked like a, a, a grumpy old little, gr- little dwarf. Grumpy. Yeah, not grumpy. Yeah, grumpy. It's, it's, well, potato, potato. So there you go. So his when he's talking in that voice and when spanky hamilton's talking i understand that that's spanky hamilton talking obviously and that gruff uh, gardane i think is his yes. name the dwarf i know it's gardane talking and not my brother so i mean and that's and you could do that real easy i know you may think it's like oh it's i can't talk in a voice but just you know like i said just change the way you talk from your normal voice, whether it's the pitch, it's the how you talk. Don't be as but as smooth talking as you normally are. Add a little quirk to your voice, and I think it'll go a long way. So one, everybody will know who's talking. Is it the player or the character? And when you do that, 
everybody knows it's the character talking. And that's I think that goes a long ways to being a better role player. And if you are uncomfortable doing that or you can't or you're not finding a specific voice for your character, in that particular game, I'm playing a, a gnome and she's always happy <laughs> and she wants to look nice. And she's with a bunch of very strange big guys, except for the spanky. <laughs> and so she's always trying to be bubbly, right? Yeah, so, put a positive spin on everything. So that's what I, that's the way I do it for that one. Um, be, the other voices are really cool, and I know the characters, and I know the people. So it, it makes me laugh every time Felipe does something, says something. And when Jim is talking, I have a hard time keeping a straight face because it's just funny right and it's pretty cool so it does add to the flavor of the character also another thing that really when you're thinking about what your motivation is for your character there's a there's the idea that there's secrets there's flaws there's attachments secrets are you could have a secret from your past which which you know your parent, well, the typical D and D trope. Your parents were killed by orcs, and you're out That's to not revenge much of all of them. But it could be something different, like you're really a princess, or you're really a, um, you've run away from your husband, or you're different kinds of things like that, like secrets, like you know someone's chasing you, but you don't want to tell anybody that kind of thing. So that could make you play your character differently, like you're nervous or scared, or you're always looking over your shoulder. Well, I think that goes along with your motivation, right? It's like, and we're talking about bringing your character to life. So not only do you do you uh, want to to be a better role player, but but it, when you have all these things that your character is, it helps you, the player, play that character. So like she was talking about about secrets, and I think you're right. I think if if there's something that you don't want the rest of the group to know, and if you're role playing that you might drop hints of it every once in a while. And and that, you know, and that just adds to the to making your character you know, more three-dimensional instead of this two-dimensional piece of paper that's sitting in front of you. And a lot of people do things like give their character a limp <laughs> or they, you know, something like that like, you know, I'm trying to keep up with you but I can't uh right. or, you know, this happened to me and I walk funny or, you know, different kinds of things like that. Right. And I, I think, you know, a lot of games now, they do this almost automatically to flesh out your character. Like, you know, give your character a life goal, right? Why are they around doing whatever they're doing? And another one is, why are you in this party? Are you attached to somebody here? Meaning, are they your brother, your sister? Do you really like them? Did you, did they save your life? You know, different things, different what's your why are you with these people like augustine and i for for the fifth edition game he's this half elf guy and i'm a good gnome so how are you going to be how are you going to know each other so we came up with this story that we me and my grandfather met him in the woods and just because i knew him i was going to the town where he was gonna he's a bard so i was gonna go see him and perform so it's just a small thing but it gives you a connection to the person. Right. Whether they're good, bad, or ugly, it doesn't matter just that you have a connection to somebody in the group. Yeah, that really does help. I mean, when you have a tie to another player or players in the group, you know, it gives you a reason to be together. Even in 
Shannon's group, Shannon's group, Shannon's game of Call of Cthulhu, he wanted us to have a reason for us to be together at the time that this incident happens. He goes, well, you know, one of the things he suggested was uh, be part of a family, be siblings. Uh, I was, I instinctively thought of that of a father and or mother and child, but but he was thinking siblings. So two of us, well, there's four of us, four players. Each of us doubled up and we became siblings to each other. And it worked out pretty well. I think it was pretty cool. And then, of course, you know, one of the siblings, uh, my sibling, was, you know, had his eyes on uh, Jolene's character. And then her her brother was uh, was my student because I was a professor, right? So it, it was cool. And so there was a reason for these four people to be together in a car driving from vacation or or some conference that we all went to. So it was really neat. So it gave us a reason to be together. And it, w- once you're attached to a person, right? Bay was my brother. So, and what's your motivation? Well, you want your brother to succeed at whatever he's doing, right? That's the A motivation. You can have all kinds of different motivations, but it gives you not only a connection to the character, but a reason for playing your character a certain way. Oh, and a reason for staying, right? So like, like Morgan, one of the players, is a is I guess he's kind of famous in COC for to abandoning the other players, right? Because he's gonna save his own skin. Because you know it's a call because he plays a lot of Call of Cthulhu games. So having a reason for him not to scoot at the first sign of trouble uh, made him made the character not want to leave Jolene behind. So that was a pull for that character not to abandon the group and take off on his own. If he had a chance, on it also makes it more whatever game it is. It makes it it gives you a reason to not want the other characters to die, right? Right, or not want not be willing to abandon them to their fate, right? Like if you don't, you're not going to let your brother. You're going to do something to save your brother, whatever it is. Correct, or whatever, or Or, whatever, or your or or your you realize your your professor is is going insane, but. You're not sure how to take care of this. <laughs> Things like that. I like the idea of pick a flaw. Like Jolene talked about a limp. But a flaw could be a, a an emotional flaw or a, a character flaw. And and you can bring your real life flaws. Like I don't like clowns. <laughs> so none of my characters are ever going to be comfortable with clowns. It doesn't matter what I'm playing. But that's just a, a flaw that is inherently going to be in most of my characters. <laughs> So hopefully there's no clowns in the games because I do kind of freak out when I see them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that's a, that's a normal flaw. Lots of people have it. It's and I don't know that it's a flaw. I think it's a, a preservation instinct myself. But <laughs> what's really weird is I never looked at clowns as a kid, as the the way you do, right? And you living with me for years and years. I every time I see a clown, I'm like, I remember my sister uh, Charlie. Uh, she was. Uh, I go. Well, what's the deal with clowns? And she goes, and I think she helped me not like clowns too, because her son was afraid of clowns, and I think years when he okay when he was a baby, uh, when he was born, somebody gave him a lamp, a light up lamp that was where you light up and his face would light up, and he had balloons and the balloons would light up, and it was you know a typical you know like a Ronald McDonald. Uh, carnival or circus horrible clown, gift to right? get to a and child so i guess at some point when he was old enough to see and stuff 
it scared the bejesus out of him, right? So, so I go, and so when I was, and so obviously my nephew doesn't like clowns. I mean, he didn't like anything stuffed like Chuck E. Cheese or stuff like that walking around. I remember we had a, a party at Chuck E. Cheese, and he was about eight or nine, and uh, my nephew Adrian, and he just like, he did not want be be near Chuck E. Cheese, right? The, the the rat would come out and give you your whatever a hug, and he didn't want it. You know, he, he was like crying, right? And so I'm like, I, I was asking my sister, what's the deal with clowns? And she goes, they're cr- grotesque, you know, that the, the way their their faces and and their the red around their face and and once she said that, she ruined clowns for me. I like, I'm like, yeah, they are kind of creepy. And then there's, and then it doesn't help that there's all these freaking clowns running around killing people in books and you know and movies. The killer clowns from outer space and it, it uh, obviously Stephen King. So obviously the other people don't like clowns either. <laughs> so that's a, flaw. that's a flaw. That's a flaw that you can give your character something like that, right? Or yes. they're scared of spiders or snakes or they don't like horses. Right. Or there's all kinds of things. Well, well, we were just watching some movie that that lady, that Australian lady, that mystery lady. What's her name? Miss Fisher. Miss Fisher, right. And it was funny because she's like this tough, you know, she's kind of like Indiana Jones, right? She loves, not loves, but she can do anything. She flies planes and she's this adventurous lady. And then, you know, she sees a spider and it's like the only thing she's ever scared of is a spider. So I think it's pretty, pretty neat. Uh, other flaws you can have are, like you said, physical flaws. You can have a limp or anything, anything that, that makes your character a little bit more three-dimensional. Well, it we depends all have on, flaws, the, right? on the type of character you're, or the type of game you're playing. If you're playing D&D, if you're a barbarian and you don't wear clothes, you know, you wear like a loincloth and stuff, depending uh, on who you are, right? <laughs> they don't have to be done out of barbarian. I know, I'm just saying. <laughs> There's inherently, like if you're playing an elf or whatever, or a dwarf, there are characteristics to these, to these characters, right? That you, like elves are notoriously beautiful. Uh, dwarves are, they Rough have, and yeah, Scottish yeah. Different kind, yeah, different kinds of things, right? So you, and barbarians are not known for their intelligence. So these are built-in things that you can use in the character. And maybe all of those, none of those things are true. But you, it gives you an idea of how to approach the your your version of this character when you're playing right. it, because you're going to be playing it for a few hours at the minimum, a few years at the most, and it's <laughs> probably going to change and adjust. You don't always have to go with like crazy things. Like our friend Steve tends to in the Shadowrun game, he came up with this character, and she's very weird. <laughs> And he plays her that way. He plays her like, well, he plays her like himself most of the time. But then every once in a while, when he wants to really role play, he'll bring out the strangeness yes, of things yes. that she does. Right. Well, it was funny because I didn't know he was playing a female character for, first, <laughs> for, for the first couple of sessions. I thought it was pretty funny. I'm like, what? And then when he told me, that, I'm like, oh, OK. And it, it came out kind of weirdly, you know, when when he said what he was doing. I'm like, OK. But then it made sense that when when he said it was it was a female character, I think when you uh, when you add a little uh, a flaw to your to your character, I think it it brings them more to life, right? Yes. So talents, you know, every every person has a talent, I believe, and uh, in real life, and have your character have a talent, something that they're known they're good at, and they know they're good at, and 
that makes them, you know, whether it's the 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 lock picker, the the lock picker, the the face man, the man, or the lady, or the the character that can smooth talk people. I use these in kind of quotations. The door opener, right? You know, the the big strong brute, or you know, the sneaky thief that can open any door with pick or you know unlock any lock. I don't think you want to. I'm not saying you should be one dimensional. Like this is the only thing they do, you know, but play up the fact that they're good at one thing or that they have a talent, whatever that may be. And it could be something baked into the system. You know, there's some systems that have talent. It's literally called a talent. You know, uh, some people call um, some people, some games call them uh, what, uh, feats, any, any name. But, you know, but if you have one of those or even if you don't just tell the GM, you know, I think I, I'm, I should be good at this because of whatever reason, my background or whatever. And, you know, and I think you play it up every once in a while, you know, like proud of the fact that you're good at something. And this is why. And I for years, I was like, why do I have to make a background story? (laughs) I don't understand. I didn't understand the reasoning. Now I do because it gives you motivations for all of the different things you do as your character. Right. And the best question is, why are you adventuring? Why are you out of your village? Why aren't you married with kids? You know, different right. kind. You know, why Why are you here with all these weirdos that are like, they pull out their axes and kill things all the time. What is the, what is your motivation? What What is your, <laughs> why? <laughs> Once you answer that question, then it makes it a lot easier to, to do. And you can do things when you're doing your character, like what's their zodiac sign so you can, you have an idea of, of what, how they act and stuff. Because you know people that are born in all the different signs, right? So you can take real life examples of that right that's a good that's a good idea you know you could just whether you believe in that stuff or not i'm not condoning you know following the life of astrological symbols but you know you could look at these uh different aspects like even the the chinese uh uh, new years have uh animal attributes and they attribute being born in a certain year giving you personality traits and stuff and use that as a model for your character. That that'd be pretty cool. Also, you're right. I think when you use the backstory, or when you do a backstory, whether it's uh, whether it's a one paragraph or pages, I think when you're writing that up and you're going through that, you know, that very artistic endeavor, the character comes out. Depending, like I said, depending on how long it is, you can get a lot of inf- you can get a lot of information or put down a lot of information and use that. For your character when you're playing the character and, and you're right normal people even in a you know fantasy medieval world are not going to go out adventuring you know it takes a, a weird quirk of a person to go out and take a huge gamble because you know adventuring uh, in you know, let's say in dnd is a very violent and very dangerous thing to do you know, uh, what's his name? Uh, Gandalf, or I forget what it is. It's going outside your house is a very dangerous thing, right? Bilbo. Bilbo. Yeah, that's right. So normal people don't do that. You right. know, even now, you know, normal people don't go out adventuring. Look at Indiana Jones. You know, he. Most archaeologists were like, "Oh, I just I'll stay right here and and my Maybe university." Maybe not archaeologists. They like to dig. But yeah, but you're right. But they don't go out and fight Nazis and stuff like that. No, most of them don't do that. So I think it's a good idea to make a backstory, and it definitely helps you uh, bring your character to life, and then use that when you're 
actually playing the character to refer to your own writings and to your own ideas that you had when you ha- filled out the backstory. I think that we should leave him with one last thought on this. Well, I one more thing. Okay, then I'll <laughs> tell you my last thought. Yeah, your last thought. So uh, uh, one thing is don't always do the what's best for your character. Oh. So like. What do you mean? For like example, you know, if he has a character flaw, let's say we used this one before, but let's say he's a, he's a klepto. He likes collecting things. He doesn't necessarily steal them for money, and that's not part of what kleptomancy or whatever it's called is. Uh, kleptomancy. <laughs> kleptomania. Yeah, kleptomania is all about. It's like you know, the, you know, I'm not saying that Winona Ryder is a kleptomaniac, but you know, she had money and she was accused of stealing stuff, you know, from a, some high end store. Now she probably could afford it. That's not the problem, or not that wasn't the issue. Is that you know she had this like, you know, when you steal things. Sometimes I've never, well, I don't think I've ever done it, but people get this like excitement, you know, of doing something wrong, uh, the excitement of getting caught, not getting caught or getting caught. Right. Mm. You know, and so for whatever reason, people have that character flaw or that quirk. I don't know what you call it. Let's say uh, you're trying to get information, whatever game it is, you know, whether it's a spy game it could be a fantasy role-playing game and you know a couple of you break into somebody's house and you're trying to find information and i think we use this as an example for something else but but at one point uh one of the characters who has a character flaw you know likes collecting things uh sees a brooch on the bureau or whatever and, and he doesn't care about it how expensive it is or that it's worth anything he just wants a token that he got into this house and uh, like a trophy so he takes it now if you're busting into somebody's house and trying to get information and don't want to leave a trail behind the last thing you want to do is steal some something valuable or something that could be valuable or something that could be important to the person that that owns that house or lives there that's what i'm talking about playing your flaws is that you know you do something that's not necessarily uh good for your character, for your character. Or, or, your, or your group or your group so I think that adds a little bit of a, like I said, like I said, it makes your character more, more realistic or more three dimensional. I think it's pretty cool. I agree. She laughs at me. <laughs> My final thought was that you should always, when you're creating your character, and I know we watch a lot of baseball. Not now, but we used in to a normal watch a lot of year. <laughs> um, and every time a player comes out, they have a picked a song, and they play the song. <laughs> Their theme so, song. Their theme song, right? They're 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 coming out now, so you know which player it is by the song. So I think that just like there was a book about these old guys that used to be adventurers and get back together. I forget what it's called. Getting the band. I, I don't know. I don't remember what it's called. But the line in it is, "I'm trying to get the band back together." Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, Kings of the Wild. That's it. And every time I hear that, I always think it, it kind of gives you an idea that. They were a band, a, a rock band, right? Not right. a not a band of, of of mercenaries. So if you pick a song for your character, whatever song it is, if you're going to be playing somebody that's, you know, a silly song for a silly character, a, a fighting song for a fighter, or whatever. Play it in your head when it comes out into the ring. It just gives you an idea, <laughs> right? It gives you an idea of what your character is going to be like. And it kind of puts you in that in that mind frame, right? Right. Yeah, that's pretty neat. That's a pretty good idea. Kind of like a boxer coming out, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's pretty cool. 
or baseball players. I always think of baseball, baseball players. players. Yeah, you know what? I never really realized that. I mean, I did lately, but before I didn't know that they picked the song that they would come out when they introduced to 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 come and bat. Yeah. Right. And I thought it was kind of funny, you know, because like you know we live here in the Bay Area. Well, I guess uh, uh, Latin players are all over the place. So, like, every once in a while, someone will start playing, like, a real Latin song, right? You know, me- the Mexican music or, or whatever, salsa music. And I'm like, and then it, it's just weird. At first, I thought they just kind of randomly played music. But, no, the, the announcer played, you know, would, would have, at one point said, oh, he, he, he plays this song because of whatever. I'm like, oh. so they And then they go into this. Talk about how they get to choose the music that they come out to. And I thought it was interesting. You're right. And if you do that in your head, have a song that when, whenever you're about to sit down. Yeah. Or when, when, you, when the Game Master says, roll initiative. <laughs> yeah, there's that too, when, <laughs> when the action starts. Yeah, so hopefully this helps you in some way bring your character more to life, make it more three-dimensional, make it more real. And, and, and I that think that'll you, help you have more fun. Yeah, I think it'll make it, the game more fun. It'll it'll give it uh, more, I don't know, flavor. Flavor. That sounds good. This is gaming perspectives with Saul and Jolene. And you have a good day. Mm-hmm.